Oh yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world. Welcome to the Real Life Global Movement, where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick-ass English speaker? Well, we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true lifelong fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can again, aw yeah? Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, humanoids, cyborgs, um, intelligent beings from other planes of consciousness in the future. What's up? This is Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, effective. And exponential, or even intelligence, explosive way to learn English. So download this podcast right now and listen to us while you are playing the guitar, riding a AI bicycle, programming your mind with new vocabulary, riding a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Another one? Yeah, keep going. Oh, okay, around. okay. Uh, it's taking your robot dog for a walk in the park. Mm. What would be the name of a robot dog? Robo. Robo, okay. Like Rover? Mm-hmm. Robo, nice. Uh, Justin, what else and how else can we be listening to this podcast and learning English? Uh, machine learning. By machine learning? Yes. Okay. Well, uh, Awesome. So, uh, I'm joined here today in the studio with the awesome threesome. It is myself, Chad. <laughs> Come on, guys, you have to laugh every time I say that. So you mature. Uh, Justin Murray. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How are you today, my man? I'm good. Excited for this podcast. Okay. Excitement is good. And also, Mr. V himself, Ethan, looking a little bit like a pirate today. <laughs> My hair is just getting too long. I have to like tie something around it. Mm. Otherwise, it just like poofs out. Okay. What do you mean by poofs out? It means it like I don't know. Like the Poof. I guess it's it's like the something having to do with like humidity or something causes it to kind of like expand. Mm. Ethan is half black. He has an afro. <laughs> <laughs> he has a, a big beard too. Yeah. No yeah. shave November. No shave November. Yeah, prostate okay. cancer awareness or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Looks like you've been doing it a little bit longer than just November. Were you, uh, <laughs> were you, were you looking forward to this for a long time? I got a jump start. To get a jump start. What yeah. is a jump start? It means that I got a. We also say like a head start, right? So it's like I got an early beginning to it. So I maybe started uh, last week of October or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you can also jump start a car. You could jump start a car. What does that mean? That is, if the battery in your car dies, you have to connect it to some kind of generally another battery, and I'll just like jump start it. They they push lots of voltage into your battery so it can start again. We might also say like jump start your morning with a cup of coffee. Hmm. All right, so let's jump start this podcast <laughs> as we talk about artificial intelligence, Mr. B. Is that what we we're talking about? I thought we were talking about robot dogs. Yeah, Robo. Robo. 
Go get the wrench. <laughs> get the what? Wrench. Wrench. Yeah. What's a wrench? You throw a wrench instead of a bone for a robo dog, right? Yeah. But what is a wrench? It's uh, something that you use to like, generally for repairs. It's like you turn nuts with it. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what are nuts? Nuts are like the you put on the end of a screw. It's kind of like hold hold it in. Nuts and bolts. The nuts and bolts, yeah. like different things for mechanical repairs. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I guess we've finished the topic of robot dogs and we can move into artificial intelligence. Okay, let's do that. What fun is a robot dog without uh, an AI brain? Okay, first thing, what is AI? Artificial intelligence. Okay. We like to abbreviate things in English. Mm-hmm. AI can also be Adobe Illustrator. so one of the reasons why we're doing this topic we feel it's really important because it's a global issue it's something that really really affects the future we did meditation before something that uh, we feel is really important and we feel it can really help people so this is another one or hurt people (laughs) or be the end of the human race or be the beginning of a of a of a be the beginning of a, a whole new way of humanity Hmm. okay well just to quickly uh, break some stuff down before we jump get a jump start or jump into this topic repeat the word artificial intelligence artificial intelligence now repeat the word meditation meditation okay cool Uh, just the thing is like artificial Uh has the the D sound right Uh R-D artificial 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 it's like the word better, water, American English, mm-hmm. North American English. Let's talk about some artificial... <laughs> into the British. Artificial intelligence. We just had a Jack on last week, so had a little bit of English, British English in that podcast. So just so you guys know, that in, he would probably say artificial. So I'm gonna artificial. Set, I'm going to set the stage here. <laughs> what does set the stage mean? Set the stage, prepare the situation, prepare... Um, the presentation, right? So we're talking about artificial intelligence. People probably are going to, their brain's going to jump right away to certain anchors for that, certain kind of ideas, maybe false ideas that they have about what that is. Why do you say anchor? Anchor, like uh, it has to do with meditation too. I think that metaphor is like something that you um, kind of have an idea or an image that you have an idea tied to. What well, an anchor would be uh, to help them understand would be what a boat uses. Mm-hmm. If it wants to stay stationary on the water, it will throw the anchor, which is just a very heavy piece of metal, um, so the boat will stay there and not like drift away. So in that sense, sense, it's to help people categorize these ideas because really, uh, artificial intelligence. Many of the concepts that we're about to talk about, people don't really have any concept. There's no category for this these ideas because the future is really, really. Uh, quite powerful quite unexpected yeah and it's I think that it's most of us think about science fiction when we think about AI that's certainly like kind of what popped into my mind before learning a little bit more about this but it's not anything like the Terminator or the Matrix or just any other uh, movie that you might be thinking of so like imagine people maybe a hundred years ago thinking about today's world right how would they respond to that People from they would probably have like you know a minor heart attack if they just were if you were to take a time machine back, bring someone from a hundred or two hundred years ago to now, so many things have changed because we have we have cars we have 
phones that are more powerful than the most powerful computer was just 20 years ago. We have uh, so just our lives are so different because of the way that technology has been injected into every single, almost every single person on Earth's daily life. And that change that took place in 100 years, now it's happening much, much quicker. Yeah. So this is called exponential growth, right? Technology is accelerating, yes. So ex- it's accelerating at an exponential pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to give that, uh, that example that they, they talk about in the article about, you know, the, what's the name that he gives that when you go back like 20 years and 20 years ago about like 50 and those different like stages of showing the exponential growth of the technology and human development. So Chad's referring to an article. There's an article about artificial intelligence. We'll put in the show notes. You can pause this and read that if you want to give a jump start on this topic. The problem is that it's going to take you a long time to read that article. But it's well worth it. Yeah, but we're going to try to give you like a, a little taste with mm-hmm. today's podcast. Okay. So if you find this podcast interesting, the idea is interesting, I would highly recommend you invest the time to go and... It's like a, Justin even said this, it's like a short book. So, But it's something that's going to just probably shock your perspective about the future. And it's a really, um, really easy to read article. Maybe, I mean, it depends on your English level, but there are some pictures in there and, and it's really um, charismatic writing. Yeah. I think if you can understand us and understand this podcast, you should be able to understand the article pretty well. It's from this blog that we all love. It's called Wait But Why. Mm-hmm. Um, just fascinating blog. And he likes to break down a lot of like really big ideas like this and try to take them from being just scholarly or academic to be something that any normal person could relate to. And this is probably the best introduction on the internet for this topic. Yeah. And so, just, to, just quickly to uh, just... It's not related to artificial intelligence, but what you just said, like, if you can understand us, just so the, the listeners know, you don't have to understand 100% of what we say, right? At least if you can, like, follow the general context of these podcasts. I'm just saying this because lots of people say, oh, you guys speak so fast. But we do this often in- intentionally because we want you guys to, like, slowly, maybe you can understand, like, 50% of what we say, but if you listen to podcasts... Um, you know, weekly, you're going to see uh, the more and more you understand of the way that we speak. Or you can just push 0.5 speed, <laughs> and then I speak like this. <laughs> <laughs> or you could push two times speed and, like, really challenge yourself and start getting too easy. <laughs> I mean, you might have a hard time, because we, do, we don't speak that fast, but today we're going to speak so slowly. I've heard you speak that fast, though. It's true. <laughs> anyway... Anyway, we're, we're uh, digressing. Yes. So what Chad was referring to before, there's really good, just all the explanations in this article obviously are, are really good, but um, he's really good at kind of using metaphors or kind of painting a picture. So how he talks about this exponential growth in a way that's really makes it a lot more uh, easier to grasp is that... Grasp? To means? grasp, to grab, to hold on to, yeah. to understand. In this case, we understand. So uh, what he does is he compares basically what I was, uh, we were saying before that you take someone from, I think he said the 1700s, and you bring them to modern day, they would probably have a heart attack because it would just be shocking how different the world is today from it is in their, their time period. A heart attack. A heart attack. Heart attack. That's some good uh, connected speech there. And uh, then he says like, okay, but 
say this person, they wanted to do the same thing then. This person from the 1700s wanted to bring someone from 300 years before their time period and give, so that they would have the same effect of having a heart attack from the shock. But they'd grab someone from the 1400s, bring them back to the 1700s, they would not have the same effect because uh, not that much really changed from the 1400s and 1700s. There were some changes in scientific thought, but really technologically or in people's daily lives were not that much different in that 300-year time period. Mm -hmm. So what he says is for them to get have the same effect on someone that we had taking someone from the 1700s to modern day to 2016 is they would have to go back probably to like 10,000 BC to hunter and gatherer culture, which is what is hunter and gatherer culture? Hunter and gatherer culture is when uh, we were tr lived in tribes, we didn't have agriculture, we would hunt and collect different, um, different vegetables and things like that, and we would, all, we would live in a, a tribal situation. You're saying the people from what year? 10,000 BC. But who, who, what people? Uh, any hunter-gatherer would person. Need, you say for the heart attack to happen? Yeah, so someone from the 1700s would have to take someone from 10,000 BC and bring them to the 1700s to have that same effect of like them being so shocked by how much the world has changed that they would probably... So like 11,700 years for that heart attack to happen. Yeah, so yeah. it's just, that's a humongous difference. So this is exponential growth. And basically what they talk about in this article and why it's so important to start thinking about artificial intel intelligence is that this is probably going to be the big change that is probably inevitable, that is going to be happening maybe... Uh, uh, people who are, um, I don't know if optimistic would be the right word here, but people who are maybe think that it'll come sooner, they're saying maybe 20 years from now, and people who think that it'll take longer, they say maybe like 50 years from now. Well, there are different types of artificial intelligence, first of all. Of so it's like what's happening right now is called um, artificial narrow intelligence, right? self-driving cars. What is narrow? That's an interesting word. Narrow is, is very, um, it's very much more focused right it's much more limited yeah i would i would say even before self-driving cars this is already already exists around people so things that are artificial intelligence that you don't think of as artificial intelligence exist in our lives more and more now today um so like a, a calculator for example that you use to for like math that's a type of very simple artificial intelligence and then there's some things that are more complex, but that are becoming a very big part of our life, like the Facebook newsfeed, which we talked about in the podcast with Vanessa, that their um, algorithm, that's a type of artificial intelligence. Google search, uh, if you use Amazon to do shopping, usually they'll like, or eBay, they recommend things that they think you'll like. These are all types of artificial intelligence. And much more powerful... Uh, artificial narrow intelligence is going to be coming in the next five years so like self-driving it's already here it's, it's already, already here, here. Yeah. it's just a question of like the regulatory ecosystem because it's really going to change the world um, but other things like like um, an artificial intelligence is the best chess player in the world mm -hmm. and so imagine that chess what is chess for chess is that game where you play on a board that has um like the king and the queen and all these different pieces. Pawns. Pawns. Anyways. It's like the, usually like black side and the white side and you try to, uh, the goal of the game is to take the king of the other person. And apparently there's another game which I don't understand but it's called Go. And it's a lot more sophisticated. 
And recently, an artificial intelligence beat the best player in the world. And this, I, I guess, required some type of a lot more complex thinking mm-hmm. than chess. They say, um, I believe they said in this article that, that like every sort of game like that, artificial intelligence has now been able to beat the best player in the world but at this, that game. This is just to uh, summarize this. They're talking about artificial narrow intelligence. So in this case, all the computer knows how to do is play chess. Uh-huh. It just yeah. it understands every single movement and possibility that could happen in the game. So every time that it's its partner, it, uh, it's uh, the person it's playing against makes a move, it can instantly calculate all the different variables and possibilities of that chess game. But it's narrow because it has limitations. That's the only thing it can do. Yeah. And even like the best artificial narrow intelligence can't do things that for people would be very, very simple. Like saying if you show that a picture of a dog and a cat, it can't really tell you which is a dog, which is a cat. So it's... it's um, they're very good at like one specific task and mm-hmm. what we tend to generally think of as AI is usually we tie it to robots but a good point he makes in this is that uh, artificial intelligence is not the same as a robot a robot is just a container like your computer or your phone is a container container for artificial intelligence so kind of like your 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 human body is a container for your your consciousness in this material world oh but that was talking about meditation we're or talking about robots now or just your brain even yeah, <laughs> but, but, but artificial <laughs> narrow intelligence this is like a big wave of technology that's really going to disrupt the way that we live the life in, in all cities in the world and it may it's probably going to replace a lot of um, a lot of jobs that we currently have so just explain wave because I think we're going to use this word a lot in this podcast a wave like a wave in the ocean right a big um, how would you explain that like a yeah, it's what the ocean does. It's like the waves crash onto the the beach. And technology comes in waves, yeah. right? And so it's like the same as you have. Also, just for other ways to like uh, picture this, you have like radio waves, mm-hmm. different kinds of waves that we can't see, microwaves. So, self-driving cars. Imagine this: like the world, we don't need to have drivers in cars in the future. I mean, now we don't need it. But they're trying to. Well, it's like Uber, for example. A lot of people who are listening to this pro- might be living in a city now that has Uber. And it's like Uber is already starting to do self-driving cars. And I believe they are already doing them in Pittsburgh. And in some city in the States, they've already started doing self-driving Ubers and like self-driving trucks mm-hmm. uh, to, to like do deliveries and things like this. So there's already cities that are implementing this. Yeah, it's funny... Uh because a lot of people probably listening to this and they'll say, oh man, I don't want a self-driving car. I love to drive my car and I love this. And they, they, they just don't really understand. They can't grasp that, that, that evolution of technology where it's like, if you, let's look back at when they first invented the car. There's probably people saying, hey, I don't want a car. I love riding my horse. That's like <laughs> the best thing ever. And then suddenly now you're like, why would you ever ride a horse? You know, for, for normal transportation, obviously people have the hobby of, horse riding, which is, sure, it's fun, never tried it myself, but uh, that's the same thing that could happen right now with the changing from, like, me driving the car to the car driving itself, which maybe become something even more advanced, which we can't, we don't really know right but now. It's, but it's going to displace so many, a large percentage of the, the jobs in the world. Displace? What does displace mean? To replace, or to, it's a different word, to actually um, put in the place of, right? Mm-hmm going to in other words it's going to make 
people uh, or people are going to be unemployed because so many, for example, drivers. That's their income, how they make money. But suddenly, there's no need for a driver. And so, so certain certain that. people are going to become more wealthy, right? So they're. I don't know. Other jobs will probably be created with this new wave of technology. I wonder if they're ever going to uh, have a an AI, a, an artificial intelligence, creating podcasts because then we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing, I, what I was thinking is like people, you know, they don't need to drive anymore, so they can consume more information, more media, read articles. I mean, they they can actually listen to our podcast with 100 percent attention, not have to drive anymore. Yeah, mm. no more road road rage. You'd just be. Sitting in the back of your car, enjoying a nice cup of coffee and listening to, to the Real Life English podcast. Road rage? Road rage. Like, where you see this a ton in Brazil, too. Just people getting really angry at other drivers because they're doing stupid things. Oh, like come on, stupid that's not just in Brazil. That's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. I just people noticed it, like, particularly here. Like, in the States, people don't tend to actually, like, yell at each other. But I've seen that happen here sometimes. Like, someone does something stupid and they actually, like, will open their window and yell at each other mm. or the people use that they're a lot more uh, horn happy here I would say horny happy horn, not horny happy <laughs> horny what does that mean Mr. <laughs> B horny is like sexually uh, excited. provoked excited but horn happy it means more like they're they like to use their their horn which is the part of the car that makes like the you press when you're trying to make a noise make someone another driver aware of something mm. but you hear we live uh, Chad and I live downtown in Belo so we hear during morning and evening traffic a lot of horn honking. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are out there just horn happy. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> here right now. So self-driving cars, artificial narrow intelligence—it's just the tip of the iceberg. What we're going to talk about today. So, what and does the tip of the iceberg mean? It means it's imagine an iceberg in the ocean, right? And there's only the the, the tip that 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 peak mm-hmm. that's emerging from the water that's a very small part if you look underneath the surface there's another mass of ice it's that's like, like much mm, bigger exactly yeah. and so really artificial narrow intelligence is a precursor it's the introduction for the next wave of artificial intelligence which is which is artificial general intelligence so what's what's that exactly it's artificial intelligence that is around the same level of intelligence as humans Human beings. So how does how does artificial narrow intelligence um, contribute to artificial general intelligence? Uh, well, whereas artificial narrow intelligence really can only be good at like really good at like one thing, artificial general intelligence has to be able to function kind of in many different spheres the same way that a human is able to. So it's like integrating all of this artificial narrow intelligence into into like much more coherent um, human level systems, right? Yeah, and it's like he and he does a much better explanation in this article, which I would highly recommend reading if you're wanting to dive more into this topic. But uh, he takes like the simplest things for humans are really difficult for computers, and the things that seem really complicated for humans are actually like really easy for computers. Can you so give us an example? Of, uh, it's what I was saying before. Like if you a computer right now it's very difficult for us to create a computer program that can tell the difference between a cat and a dog Mm -hmm. which is like something that like any four year old child knows the difference between a a cat and a dog so it's kind of like some things that uh, seem very simple for people just like very fundamental for us are very difficult to actually program into computers and it's a big challenge to actually be able to build a computer or a form of artificial intelligence that can think at the same capacity as the human brain. Mm-hmm. But 
but like once you get to that level, the next level actually comes a lot easier. So one of the things that um, is limiting the introduction of artificial general intelligence is like computational capacity, right? Computational capacity, <laughs> like how you know what's the capacity of computers, right? What's the the, the horsepower, the power of computers, mm-hmm. right? Horsepower. This is the way they measure like um, power of cars, right? But that's interesting because I gave that that metaphor uh-huh. about you know horses becoming cars uh-huh. and horsepower comes from how many horses are pulling your mm-hmm. carriage. So how- actually, I think in this they com- they compare like. The intelligence of computers. He uses something that like compares it to human intelligence. Mm. So going going back to this idea of like um, we think in linear terms. We think in like historically, we think that it's a constant linear growth. Yeah. Right. But really, technology is advancing exponentially. Right. What we call a hockey stick growth. Yeah. So what is exponential growth? Can you explain that? So it's called hockey stick growth because if you've ever seen a hockey stick, it's like straight almost straight and then like all of a sudden it it curves really sharply and that's basically you've probably at some point in your life have seen an exponential exponential growth curve which it looks like a hockey stick it goes more or less flat growing growing up a little bit linearly and then all of a sudden it shoots up because there's some big change or innovation that creates a growth that kind of takes off it's mathematically it's like Two times two is four. Four times four is eight. Eight times eight Wait, is Wait, four times four is eight? Four times four is sixteen. <laughs> sixteen times sixteen is I've gone too far. Well, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of mind boggling, right? Mind boggling. What does that mean? It means it really just tricks our imagination because we can't even comprehend. Yeah. Like it's it's like if you take a piece of paper, I've heard this before, you fold it, you keep folding it in half. And we don't think, you know, if you fold it to, in half, if you fold it like um, like 40 times how far will it go how big will it be yeah it's physically impossible to fold it that many times but, but we think that it, that it would only be like the size of a book maybe mm-hmm. or maybe like a meter right? yeah mm-hmm. but it's actually to the moon and back yeah mm-hmm. and so our mind can't comprehend that but that's actually if you do the mathematics that's what happens and this happens with human progress before as we were saying like the, the comparison of uh, someone from the 1700s the same amount of change to get the same amount of changes like 1700s to now they have to actually go back to like 10,000 BC. Now it's happening like every seven years. Every yeah, and that keeps getting shorter and shorter. So and what he says in this article is that like once we get uh, the AGI, the artificial general intelligence, it just shoots off because at least if the artificial general intelligence, if this artificial intelligence is self-improving, meaning that it can actually increase its own capacity of intelligence. This is artificial superintelligence. It right? becomes artificial superintelligence, which gets really tricky. Because there's, there's an idea of this thing called intelligence explosion. What is, our, the, what is that? <laughs> intelligence explosion is getting to the point where it's like, you know, we have these machines that can re-engineer themselves, that can, they can reprogram themselves, create new versions of themselves that are just way better than they ever were that we could ever create mm-hmm. right so they be they engineer themselves and so so there's this infinite spectrum i mean assuming that there is this infinite spectrum of intelligence like human beings are really just only one level of intelligence we can't imagine if we can imagine like albert einstein you know a person with 150 iq or something 
but we can't imagine, really. It's really hard for us to imagine uh, what this article it's says. Imp- it's impossible for us to imagine. Somebody with like a 10,000 IQ. Yeah. What does that look like? What is that? What is that? It's, it's really impossible. It's the same because he makes a good metaphor of, okay, let's compare, compare this to animals. So uh, he basically takes like stair steps as a way to kind of measure this out. And it's like a chimp, which is the closest animal to us, um, in the animal kingdom would be like two steps below humans in intelligence and I think actually the bonobo it would be more similar to a human a bo- a bonobo is like a type of chimp though right sure so it, they'd be on the same step maybe the bonobo is like a little bit closer and like even the, the dumbest human and the smartest human the, the Einstein would be also on like the same step maybe just the Einstein's a little bit further mm-hmm. on the on the step and then, like, a chicken maybe is where a chimp or a bonobo is, like, two steps down. A chicken is four steps down. And then, like, four steps down from the chicken is an ant. So, like, we can kind of imagine, okay, we're much more intelligent than an ant. But Some then, of us. Sorry? Some of us. <laughs> Some of us. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> but then, so, you know, if we, we were to take that, that maybe puts us, like, ten steps above the ant. But then what he's showing in this is that the artificial super intelligence, because it would be able to actually increase its own intelligence, is going to get to a point where it's a, a hundred or a thousand or even like a million steps above us. How can we possibly comprehend something that is a hundred thousand times more intelligent than we are compared to an ant? It's a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a game changer. It's like a universe changer, I think. Yes. What is a game changer? Well, we've probably explained that many times on this podcast. A game changer is something that, that changes the fundamental, like... Uh, the rules. The right? rules of something, yeah. yeah. So well, I, I'm guessing it's going to start to understand, like, the laws of physics and how our... I, I think, like, this is my uh, prediction for the future. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> Write it down now, because it's going to happen. Exactly. I think <laughs> that maybe, like, artificial intelligence will be able to, like break our fundamental understanding of like physics and like black holes and stuff like this biology biology probably i think it's like something that he said in this is that uh, it might actually be possible for humans and it would definitely be possible for artificial super intelligences to actually biologically go down to the smallest increment which is like an atom and to be able to reconstruct matter at an atomic level which means that you could basically take like any sort of matter and create something else. Isn't this so, like, like nanotechnology? It's called nanotechnology. So humans, we're, we're going to get to the point where we can do this. For artificial superintelligence, it would be a no-brainer. Well, obviously, because it has no brain. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by when you call something a no-brainer? No-brainer is something that is obviously simple. Or like, for example, if I said... Hey man, are you gonna go to the uh, to the happy hour tomorrow? It's a no-brainer. Of course, I'm gonna go. Yeah, you don't Idiot. have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. okay, so, but, I, but basically, the the importance of this of being able to reconstruct matter at an atomic level is that you could take a piece of uh, any rock and turn it into a diamond, uh, and like then this could solve um, problem big big human problems like global warming. It could solve problems like starvation. Because all of a sudden you can make food out of anything. So, not to mention the fact that this is what's called an existential threat. What this article talks about is, is like certain things which could um, cause the extinction of humanity, yeah. right? And so there are many of these, right? Not to talk about that existential threat of artificial intelligence yet, but what it's saying is like if we can get to this point first, 
with artificial intelligence and have it be benevolent, mm -hmm. this could help us solve all the other major problems that we have. Yeah, it's my one. It's benevolent. Benevolent is like it's good. What's the opposite? Uh, malevolent, malicious, something that maybe not even malicious, but something that's destructive. Yeah, it's kind of like a good comparison would be like a benevolent. We say a lot of benevolent, benevolent or malevolent dictator. Mm -hmm. So a benevolent dictator would be someone who a dictator who really has the best uh, in mind for his people, and a malevolent who would be like a dictator who just has maybe the best in mind for himself and doesn't care who suffers. So talk about, I mean, maybe it might not even be like malevolent, right? But talk about the example of, because um, they gave an example in the article about the, the company that has artificial intelligence writing notes. Yeah. I, I would say like first it's really good in this article. Uh, he looks at both the, the best possible scenario and the worst possible scenario and kind of what's in between there of artificial intelligence because it's either going to go towards the way that it's going to just uh, improve our lives in ways that we can't imagine. And bring us towards maybe the singularity. What's the singularity? Ooh, the singularity, <laughs> it's, it's a really hard concept to describe, but it's like this point of like um, just unity in the future where technology merges with consciousness mm -hmm. and causes this maybe even like a utopia in yeah. some ways. Maybe there are other definitions for this for sure, but... And it's um and it could like it's kind of like I was I was starting to kind of hint at that by saying it could solve global warming, it could solve starvation, it could solve like any sort of health problem like Alzheimer's or cancer. But then he also looks at the less optimistic side of this, which is that it could, um, you know, it could destroy kill, us, destroy all human life quickly. Yeah, and it's like it's not like thinking about like Terminator or. Or the Matrix, or anything like that, where it's you know Hollywood. It's like actually just a computer uh, going towards a goal, and basically it sees that like human life is not necessary for that goal. The, and he makes a good comparison of something that intelligent would just see us as like we kind of see an ant. We don't probably most of us avoid intentionally killing ants, but if they're in our way, we're not really, or they're like taking over our house. We don't really think twice about killing them. Mm -hmm. um, would you kill an ant? I would not, but that kind of comes down to a, a philosophy or just kind of a general view of the world. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, so... Oh, come on. You see a couple of ants in the sink? You're going to just, like, turn on that water and let those, let those yeah, things I, drown, you know? Maybe don't, like, save them. Yeah, you wouldn't save them. But, like, I, if I see them, like, I don't... I avoid, like, stepping on them or anything, whereas I think a lot of people, maybe they just would kill the ant or the spider or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's just kind of, we're, we're digressing a little bit. But the main thing is like this idea, this concept of like this powerful new technology that's going to completely change the world completely in an exponential way. It's coming. And so we're trying to set the stage for that so that it happens in a safe way because many very smart people... When you say we, you don't mean... Us, you mean humanity, humans, right? Yeah, so it's, we're not doing anything that's going to help develop uh, like, artificial intelligence. Yes. Physici physici <laughs> physicists, computer scientists, philosophers, a lot of people are really looking at this with concern, with, with, with worry. How do we actually create, set the stage, create the proper circumstances so that we can successfully execute this stage of, of human evolution? Because it might be one of the most important ones, the most important one ever. Yeah, it's if, if it basically, if, it, if kind of a, what a lot of these people are saying is right, if it's accurate, 
it could be mean either you know human life or human survival or it could mean the end of the human race and all of a sudden there's a new race of artificial intelligence what about the possibility of humans at the start of this uh, podcast for example i said hey humanoids cyborgs what if suddenly we can actually become part human part machine that's on the positive side where yes. he, he starts talking about um and there's what's the guy's name Kurt, kurtzweil Ray, Ray Kurzweil. This is a, Ray Kurzweil is a futurist who's basically predicted the future at several points. There's a TED talk with him as well where he talks about his predictions in the past, how they came true from 30 years ago. You know, yeah. the iPad, yeah. the, the computer before the internet, we're all connected like a global brain. We'll have mm. to link that as well then. But, Terrence um, McKenna talked about that a lot too, about the, the future of, uh, of technology with, uh, with humans as well. And uh, there was one thing I was going to say, but... Um, well, we were talking about cyborgs or humanoids or mm, something like that. Yeah, I forgot what it was now. My bad. Sorry, uh, keep going. Well, basically, it's, it's in this... Kurzweil talks about... Uh, he's more optimistic on the side of, of artificial intelligence, so we hope he's right. But he actually talks about how we can start... Uh, we would actually integrate this artificial intelligence with our intelligence, so it's like... It would improve every aspect of our life up until the point possibly where we could become immortal. Like all humans, all of a sudden, there's no more death. So we become, in some sense, even like we become the limbic systems of the artificial intelligence. What does that mean? The limbic system is kind of the feeling capacity mm-hmm. of these, this artificial intelligence, right? So it becomes a tool of our mind, but we still feel with our bodies, mm-hmm. right? Our emotions. Because that's really, really human if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Our ability to feel. Mm-hmm. I remember what I was going to say now, talking about cyborgs and humanoids and stuff like that. It's kind of already happening. I mean, like if you look at uh, people like who have had accidents and like lost their arms or their limbs and stuff like that, and they already have like prosthetics. Uh, prosthetics are actually getting attached to their uh, to their brain, so they can actually like move their hands based on. Uh, Certain, they think about moving their hand and the actual the prosthetic will move. Yeah, like there's in a, uh, Star Wars. Like in Star Wars, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's and a, also, like, even like looking at it from a, a cosmetic point of view, because people oh, but it's going to look like a, uh, a robot hand. But if you think about, like, imagine the first um, woman who had uh, breast implants for cos- cosmetic purposes. I'd be like, oh my god, it's so fake and it's so weird and strange. But now, because it's so common, people, yeah, of course, many women do that. It's totally normal and totally acceptable. But this is all positive. This is all like kind of instruments of our mind, too. So I think something really interesting. I heard, not sure how how true this is. You can Google it, but um, the amygdala has been replaced by there's there's an artificial amygdala. Amygdala is a part of the brain. It's I think it's a it's a more ancient part of our brain that's responsible for. Like some of our deeper instincts, fear. It's called the lizard brain sometimes, right? Reptilian. Reptilian brain. Well, is that? It kind of causes a lot of anxiety sometimes. But anyways, like I heard this was replaced in, in somebody. So let me ask you guys this question: If, like little by little, uh, you had different parts of your brain and your body replaced by artificial mechanisms, right? And then pretty soon your whole body is not really what you were born with. Are you an artificial? Are you a robot? Are you still... If that happens gradually, right? And, and you have I guess it depends on like what part of your brain is actually you, you know? Well, are you your brain? I don't know. That's the question. Not even like it's to like talk about like religious, 
spiritual topics, which. But if you believe, like, I mean, it's not doesn't necessarily need to be religious because you can have spirituality without necessarily having religion. But it's like if you do believe that you have a spirit, it's like if you start replacing parts of you up into your brain, your heart, like everything, with better robot parts that like won't age, won't die. It's like does your spirit stay there? Or does it does it leave? Is it attached to your body or? Or can it like remain with uh, even if you change your body? I think we're getting pretty some pretty trippy area here. <laughs> I mean, there's also just the idea of something that would not be that difficult to do in the near future, even even before talking about ASI, is being able to like upload your all your memories, your brain, um, everything everything that your brain contains. But is that still you? If you if you like upload that, it's still existing. Is that still you? Or are you more than that, than, than your memories, than everything that's, that's in your brain? And even that, how would you know if it was still you? Because, you know, like, if, I can imagine if I was, uh, like, Chad, we're going to put you into a, 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 a we're going to replicate your body, but just make it like a Superman body, and we're going to put your consciousness into that body, and you're like, that's what you want to do, I'll be like, okay, great. And so let's say I do it, and then I wake up in my robot body, how do I know that I'm actually me that was in my body, or if I'm just think it's me because I have all of my memories and all of my feelings and all that kind of thing, you know? What if they can copy it and then there's multiple use? Exactly. It's like, you know, you basically, you could just put, like, all of you on a USB hard drive, on, like, a flash drive, and then it's like, you know, you're just copying you to every little machine. Yeah. That's there's, pretty tricky. There's an episode of Black Mirror <laughs> that deals with this, kind of a futuristic... Um, a fictional reality of this yeah, pessimistic futuristic reality of it we can link that in the show notes and, and also there's a, there's a talk um, a conversation between Sam Harris a neuroscientist who has a podcast with David Chalmers who's a philosopher of consciousness an Australian philosopher of consciousness and they have a really interesting conversation about the nature of consciousness that they talk about these questions mm-hmm. on a really high level but that's, we can link that too that's like one of those really tricky questions that if we survive the AI revolution <laughs> It's like uh, based on another scenario they're kind of talking about. So, not to sound like we're going to all become like Terminators or something like that, but uh, just also be like the uh, <laughs> the one that would become like liquid nitrogen. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be my my Terminator of choice. <laughs> but uh, anyway, like we were talking before about how you could have nanobots that would basically remake matter, and they could do this with your body. So it's like basically aging, getting old is just kind of like different cells in your body that are um, that are stopping working they stop working and so basically nanobots because they're so tiny they could go into your system and maybe we would even live with these in our system just reconstructing cells re- reconstructing repairing cells like so you would never you could choose like I want to be 30 forever and those would just maintain you at your optimal state forever mm-hmm and that's without changing your body that would be with your biological human body but you have these little uh, nanobots that live inside your body and they're just continuously like repairing and improving your body. It's like synthetic biology, right? Something like that. And then it's like beyond that maybe you say like, okay, well why do we want this biological body anyway? Because we can actually build um, different things that like he talked about having certain kinds of nanobots that would be in your blood that would like just pump it so it's like you don't need a heart anymore. And then like suddenly um You'd have like these nanobots. You'd have like systems in your body for your digestive system that would be much better because it just would not absorb anything that was toxic. So it's like you could eat whatever you want, like 
and it would just absorb the nutritious parts and pass through the the toxic parts. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, eating becomes kind of like a thing of the the past where it's like, okay, I have to really eat for nutrition. It's like you just eat whatever you feel like, and without you know ever gaining weight or or filling your body with toxins. Well, getting old. I mean, imagine going out on a date with a girl and hey, so how old are you? Well, I'm 125. Damn. <laughs> she looks like she's like 25 years she's old. She's been around, yeah. <laughs> she um, has uh, she has like great grandchildren, yeah. the same age as her. <laughs> this is kind of like from an existential point of view. It's it's um, maybe a little bit difficult because it really stretches your mind, right? And in some sense really like a, a spiritual um, reality is like you're going to die an existential existential thing you need to face this is something I've always thought about I'm going to die and even to face this as a human being is one of the biggest challenges and um, in some sense most important things in life right to come to the point where it's like I'm going to die mm-hmm. but then when I started hearing about this it's like well maybe you know I'm not going to die for thousands of years maybe yeah my, my big question here because in the article he talks about like this is the great thing of the future is that all of us could be immortal. It's like that's a that's a eventuality if we do the uh, artificial superintelligence right. But is that really a good thing? It's like do is death a bad thing or is it there's something beyond death that we don't know about? It's kind of impossible to know about that's actually like really positive and we would be preventing that from happening to all humans on earth. So like it's kind of I, I Reading this article, I felt kind of pessimistic either way. It's like human extinction, that's obviously awful. But like immortality, I have mixed feelings about whether that's really a good thing or a bad thing, living forever. Like you're, you're supposed to die. And I don't know if that just comes from a biological, like we're supposed to die because we have no way of controlling it. No one has ever not died. Or if it's like there's actually something spiritual there that beyond death, there, there is something, and it's like if you prevent that, it could be actually something really negative. Well, maybe I mean just going back to this whole idea of like um, you know, spirituality, like being here because we're here to actually uh, evolve as human beings and wake up. Mm-hmm. If you engage in a practice, if you I don't know, like for example meditation. What if you know you just spent all of your time meditating and you woke up because you know you you have the time and the freedom, so you spend a couple hundred years just meditating in the cave. <laughs> or a couple like 30 years and you wake up to it all so you're here and you become enlightened but I don't know I have trouble now seeing that to, you can't have your cake and eat it too <laughs> we talked about that the other week but I, I think that that's kind of like a, people would not actually do that because I think it's something that the reason that we go after spiritual enlightenment is because of the urgency of death there's death there so it's like feel like you have to really take advantage of this life to figure out like what else is there why am i here what's the you know what's the important of this life if you're immortal then it's like oh why should i meditate and become spiritually enlightened there's like nothing's going to end so i'm just going to go eat my cake i'd say that's that's a a lower level driver a lower level motivator yeah i think on on higher levels it's like you sort i i think death is not really like a, a driving um motivating factor I think it's a huge motivating factor. On a higher level, I think I think you get over at a certain point your fear of death. I think certain people do. I think. Um, but what happens if there is no death and you never have an opportunity to get over that fear of death? Then you could, maybe it's really easy to get stuck. Mm-hmm. What does get stuck mean? Um, to get get trapped, get stopped. Yeah. To not get, have a uh, to be 
unable to move forward. Exactly. So maybe you get stuck in like some of these lowerly, lower earthly desires. For example, just one thing, we haven't talked about how other technologies really intersect with artificial intelligence, but thinking about virtual reality, like their motto, the slogan of um, Oculus, which is a top company, there's some really great videos on YouTube, but they say like experience anything, anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can create any type of experience in virtual reality. I mean, this is where this is the goal. So if we can create any type of experience, we're gods to create our own fake worlds, mm-hmm. right? And so I can just see us getting lost in so much garbage on the on, on the internet and or virtual reality. You're gonna have both sides of the moral spectrum, even in this reality. Yeah. So people just like going down the drain. But it's not even necessarily negative. Negative, because I mean, like, what what are you referring to? People who spend time like living life. Well, it's kind of like right a, for, you know? it's kind of like a just hedonism, you know, like general, like basically what he talks about here is like all of a sudden there's like this hedonistic future. What is, what is hedonism? Hedonism is just like the the seeking of pleasure. Uh-huh. So it's like you can have anything, anytime. You can eat whatever you want and not get fat or sick or anything. You can. Uh, you don't have to work. Like he talked about, kind of this would take care of uh, of all the work and it would take care of unemployment. So it's like you could just spend your time, your free time, uh, having fun or doing whatever you want. And I'm sure there would be people who would say, uh, "Let me use this time for spiritual enlightenment. Let me use it to to keep on improving the world." But I could also see a lot of people would be like, it's a free ticket to just be live with pleasure all the time. Well, is that like, bad, though? Why is that bad? 60% of the internet, I don't know what percent. I'm making up a number. So I think it's a high percentage of the internet is, is actually porn. Okay. So people enjoy that? People get lost in it. Maybe it's not a good thing. Maybe, you know, maybe it's something that is very destructive for really like bringing the best version of, of us as human beings to the world. Best, the best civilization too. Awkward silence. <laughs> Everybody's thinking about porn now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like hard to say what like if you know maybe people just live in in a pleasure land that could be pretty good. I mean that's what everybody says that heaven is like. You know, it depends on what religious practice you follow. But it's like hey, be good now because you're going to have that pleasure in the future. But like, this but it's like, why can't you create heaven on earth? Which pill are you going to take, Mr. <laughs> Chad? The red pill or the blue pill? Yeah. But who, I, who knows? This book I was just reading, uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, which is it's largely about just kind of uh, choosing the right values and, and putting importance on the right kind of things. It kind of talks about this whole thing about how chasing pleasure is fun for a while but it's not actually fulfilling like what is fulfilling is solving problems like actually going through those those low points can actually create even higher points so it's uh i think like a something just a really deep thought that he got into there is how a lot of times like our most negative experience what what at the time seemed like our most negative experiences actually turn out to be have the most kind of like positive results on us and the most positive things end up actually being the most negative in the long term so i think just like being having like this land where everyone like lives in pleasure it's actually you're going to start feeling like you know something's not right there's there's no fulfillment in that you're not going to want to live forever like that it ends up becoming a hell yeah it's kind of like your your heaven turns into hell so if there's no death and there's none of that urgency of like what am i doing here um then 
what what happens in a in a world of immortality? What keeps you going? With, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> with what we do with our time. I think maybe like you know ast- astral uh, astral um, exploration. You know, uh, to find like laws of physics, uh, discovering new new planets and solar systems and stuff like that. I think is something that will probably happen in that case. We're gonna go inward. I think or, right. Yeah. Possibly, but that's the same thing you're saying. Going inward, like uh, creating, it's more of a, that's more of a spiritual thing. You know, going inwards, right? Yeah. Hey, um, I, this is gonna have to uh, finish because I can hear some people protesting outside. So that noise is probably gonna get louder and louder. It's the so AI it's revolution. Maybe, maybe it's the AI revolution. So do we want to just? This is a pretty trippy podcast. You know, I think we talked about these really uh, out there kind of futurist seems very futuristic these ideas but again before you get all skeptical skeptical meaning meaning that you're kind of like questioning it in, in a sort of way like I don't believe it nah yeah exactly and also thinking that we're crazy guys that have probably just smoked a lot of marijuana before <laughs> before recording this I swear we didn't smoke a lot but uh, <laughs> I'm just joking um so uh, yeah, just remembering that it's it's easy to live in a time based on like the technical revolution, uh, technical um, perspective of like what's in the past. But I think like taking that same approach is what Ethan explained from the article at the start of this podcast, where it's like imagine taking someone thirty years ago and putting them into the uh, the reality now, they'd be like blown away at how advanced we are. Then thirty years ago you have to take some like one hundred years before that for them to be blown away and then like three hundred, four, five hundred years before that. So the main takeaway here is think about exponential growth of technology and also um, what this else? is this is coming really soon. And I would say like just something I think is a good idea to wrap this up on is like as English learners obviously we're all like trying to communicate with people in other parts of the world. This is something that's that's huge that's coming that's going to change life for everyone on, on earth beyond you know where our spot is, beyond our borders. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, important for us to start thinking globally together how can we make this the best possible outcome, the best future for all of us. How can we set the stage and really um, marinate that, that transition with global consciousness? Okay. Mm-hmm. I would ask you what marinate means, but I think we need to finish this up. You go for it. Marinate. Marinate means to um, to soak, in, infuse, like, or soak, infuse. Uh, you marinate a piece, like a piece of meat, before cooking it, so that it'll have more flavor and it'll be more tender. So it's kind of you can say the same thing: marinate or steep to kind of like sit in these ideas, to think about them, to ruminate them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! One, two, three. Ah, yeah.